Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, thank you for the privilege to hear your word. We pray that reveal yourself to us. Teach us the ways of faith. Give us the word of truth that becomes responsible for the level of our faith. As your word is taught, heal the sick. As your word is taught, save the lost. As your word is taught, convict the sinning. As your word is taught, reveal yourself to us. As your word is taught, oh oh God, give us encounters and let chains be broken. In the name of Jesus, we thank you in Jesus' name. And somebody who believes, shout a living amen. amen. Shout a better amen. amen. My faith is working. Amen. Tell someone, my faith is working. In the book of Matthew chapter 15 verse 8. Matthew chapter 15 verse 8. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew chapter 15 verse 8, uh, a certain, 26 down was, a certain woman came to Jesus and uh, was pleading with him to heal his uh, child. So it's from verse 21 particularly. Then so verse 25 says that then she came and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. Someone say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Remember that cry of the woman. A woman who was in need, a woman who was desperate, came to Jesus and said, Lord, Help me. Someone say, Lord, help me. me. But he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And and she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from from their master's table. Verse 28. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. He said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Why did she come to Jesus? Because when you read from verse 21, her daughter was not well. Verse 21, uh, verse 22, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord. Son of David, my daughter is severely demon-possessed. And she didn't respond, receive an immediate response. But she didn't give up. She kept pushing. She kept pushing. Many people think that, oh, well, if God will help me, he will help you. I'm sorry. If God will help you, you got to push for it. Mm. Oh, well, if God will do it. Okay, sir, okay, sir, whatever happened, happened. No, 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 no. If you say whatever happens, happens, then you'll be a victim of life. I heard Papa say something recently. He said that if you don't fight in life, you will die a foolish death. (laughs) 
If you don't learn to fight in life, you will die a foolish death. Survival of the fittest? Yes. Life is unfair? Yes. But you can choose to make sure life goes the way you want it to go. The woman came to Jesus, asked for help. Jesus didn't mind her. Not because he didn't care. He cared. He cared. But there were a few circumstances, situations. And so the woman didn't give up. She kept pushing. She kept pushing. So the disciples came to Jesus and said, you know, let's get rid of this woman because she's just disturbing us. But he answered her, not a word. He didn't. And the disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. This woman is making, everywhere we go, can you imagine you are going to town and someone is walking behind you and crying, hey, hey, hey. In fact, you wouldn't like it, would you? You go to town and you go to a shopping center and even if it's your child crying after you, you have to send that child home. You wouldn't like that. And let alone a stranger. And a woman who is in, in a problem, a severe problem, you must know she won't cry a gentle cry. Because she was crying and so the disciples said, sir, can you, can you get this woman to get up? Just leave us alone. She's disturbing us. <laughs> Hallelujah. There are some people, any little thing at all keeps them away from church. Mm. <clears throat> You're not serious. If anything at all keeps you away from work, you won't have a good job. Oh, ask. Go and ask the prime minister. Go and ask those who do their top jobs. There are thousand and one reasons why you shouldn't go to work. But you have to go. Mm-hmm. There may be thousand and one reasons why you shouldn't come to church. But sister, you got to sort yourself out because at the end of the day, the impression will be on you, not the church. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah! Every, I'm teaching on faith, but every now and then I got to speak like a pastor. Hallelujah. So, so, so the woman came to Jesus and, can you help me? Jesus, Jesus didn't answer her anything. And the disciples were telling him, you know, we, we got to do something about this situation because it's got getting out of hands now and um, we have an emergency on our hands. And, um, and, then, and then verse um, 24 said, but he answered and, but he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lordship of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, <laughs> can you imagine? He, told, he said, he answered, I'm sure whether he answered the disciples of, or the woman, but he answered, they said, send her away. He answered, I wasn't sent to the lord, but to the lordship of Israel. And this one is from the regions of Canaan. And so she's not part of my original assignment. My, my, my job description doesn't cover it. My manifesto doesn't cover it. So I can't do really much concerning her. And then after she, he said that, the woman came and worshipped him. <laughs> the time she should have gone, she actually came to worship. The time she, she should have slept at home, that's when you come early to come and do praise and worship. She came and worshipped and said, and she said, help me, Lord, help me. And then they started this discussion. Jesus said, I'm not sent to help. 
I, I can't take the, the, the bread that belongs to the children and give it to the dog. The woman said, no problem. I, I agree with you. Yes, sir, I agree with you, but um, the crumbs, definitely when you eat, okay, when you eat bread, if you have said meat, maybe, but bread, you tend to have some crumbs. So the crumbs that fall to the ground, the dogs tend to enjoy that bit. And, and Jesus said to the woman, you see, most, most of us will be just watching and listening to the deliberations, but what was going on was actually demonstration of faith. How do you know someone has got faith? Look at the way they react towards God, even in the face of adversities, in the face of all odds, against all odds, they still push towards God. Faith. But he says that this is not an ordinary faith. This is a great faith. Now, let's look at, let's look at verse 28 again on the screen. Verse 28. Let's all read it out loud. Is that okay to read it out loud? All right, let's go. Then Jesus answered and said to her, Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And the daughter was healed from that very hour. She was sick. The daughter was sick. Bible says she was demon-possessed. It's not every sickness that is just medical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't come and seek spiritual help. Mm-hmm. By now you should have known that the doctors have told you we don't know the problem. They've told you we are trying. Let's experiment maybe to work this. They've tried several things. I think it will be good. You begin to look out, look out for some spiritual help. So, her daughter was healed from that moment. moment. But what Jesus said was quite interesting. Jesus said that, your, Oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you have desired. No, originally, my plan was not part of it. But you, watch this, this is where I'm going. But you have desired something and I don't have a choice. And he said, this kind of great faith, I can't ignore it. Once you place a demand, it must be delivered with immediate alacrity. He said, great is your faith. Watch this. And Jesus, verse 28 again. Bible says that Jesus said, oh woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you have desired. Not as I have been saying. Not as, as the disciples have taught. Not as situations demand. Oh, come on. Your life can be, uh, can be subject to situations. He said, let it be, your life will be subject to your desires. If you can activate and get your faith to work, life will be at your command. This whole thing is not about some religious gathering and, eh, I ask for me, it is what I think. See, you keep saying this is what you think. Life does not stop because of how you think. Things are still going the way they are going. <laughs> I remember the other time, I think last, last month when we went to Birmingham, I, when I was teaching on a Sunday, I also repeated it that, you, you see, your, your opinion doesn't really matter. You have been made to think your opinion. It only, it, it only affects you. Your opinion actually affects you. But not how things run. But your faith affects you and affects everything around you. Your faith begins to give the dictates, give the direction as to how things must be for you. Shout, my faith is working for me. My faith is working for me. 
So the woman went home. He said, well, how did you get it? What do you, th- what do you think she told them? My faith is working for me. My faith is working. There was another woman with an issue of blood. Say a woman. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. Normally, when a woman has a, a, a blood moments, it should be for about five days. Five days, usually. Some's own is just two days, others three days, others at most one week. Am I right at all? Yes, yes it's, that's normal. The normal cycle of, of, of a woman. But her own started 12 years ago. <laughs> you are complaining about your one month old. No, someone was 12 years. 12 years. And someone, some of, some, of you, some of you here, when it's just one week, you look so emaciated. You look so pale. You look so unwell. And guess what this woman has been going through? Normally, watch, normally when I'm teaching, normally when I'm teaching, I, I, just, I just don't appreciate the fact that people will get up, people will be getting up and going up. And, but as I grow up as a pastor, I've come to appreciate that when there are ladies in their congregation, sometimes... You, sometimes you must be able to appreciate the fact that it depends on the time of the month. You understand what I'm saying? It depends on the time of the month. So, but this particular woman, she goes out. Can you imagine if she's your church member? She'll be going out every, every. <laughs> For 12 years, every day. Every day, every day she'll be going out. She really got a problem. And for your information, most of us who go out and stuff like that, depending on your, your, your systems, depending on your system, most of us who go out, sometimes it's just normal. Sometimes it's just normal. Other times it's... Yeah, but, but this woman's own is she wasn't well. Because that is not healthy. That was a problem. And Bible said in one, in one of the Gospels that she has spent all her living, but she could not get well. She spent all her resources. She spent all her life savings. She used to have different ices and pensions and stocks. She's, she's used everything, but unfortunately, she still could not get well, but she grew worse. And not just that, she has suffered many things in the hands of, if I, many doctors, many doctors have, everyone has tried helping her. And if you have a gynecological problem and doctors are trying to help you, you know you will suffer. Yeah, now some of you didn't get what I mean. But it can be, it can be quite, quite, quite demeaning sometimes. But you need help, so what, would you, what you got to do? Then she heard Jesus was in town, and when Jesus was passing, she risked her life. In those days, if, you are, if it's your time of the month, you are not supposed to go into the crowd because you are unclean. And per adventure, if you find yourself in, in public, you have to be unclean, unclean. So everybody gives you away. You have to announce your presence. And secondly, but, but, but the, 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 the good thing is sometimes when you are in that season, people may not know. But unfortunately, because she her own has been 12 years, I'm sure the nurses, the receptionists, and the uh, special all kinds of doctors, everybody will know. 
And you never know who is there. And if they report you, it looks like when if you are reported to be found in town under that condition, you'll be severely punished. Either even you can be stoned to death. And then secondly, you are not supposed to touch a rabbi, a teacher, and this woman. And two things she did. Um, no, three things. First, she came into public. Number two, when she came into public, Bible she she press. She's press the, through the crowd. So obviously, if you are pressing through the crowd, you must be pushing some people. Now, now she wasn't that. She wouldn't be that strong because of her particular condition. She's been losing blood regularly every day, so she wouldn't be strong. But she, I believe, she gathered her, her last strength and pushed. That's that's faith. Faith, faith talking, okay? She began to push through. She began to push through. She began to push through. And then when she got there too, she, because she said in her heart that this man I've heard about, because he walks on water. When I was studying this matter of faith, I realized that people went through the water, the sea, on dry ground. That's where we are going to end. By faith. But Jesus didn't have to go through the ground. He actually walked on the water himself. <laughs> Serious. That's serious. When they when they were traveling, they saw the sea, they saw the Jordan, they have to pass it for them to go through. Jesus said, Oh, I don't have time to pass. <laughs> he walked on it. And Peter saw him walking on it. He said, Hey, Master, if it's you, if it is you, then I think I can also just give me a word and tell me to come. Jesus said, Come. And he also began to walk up. So it's not just a Jesus thing. Shout, my faith is working. For me. So this woman came and pressed behind from the, behind the, the crowd and touched his garment. And the Bible says that the blood ceased immediately. It ceased immediately. She felt in her body. Something has happened. But Jesus also felt in his body. Mark, I'm reading from Mark chapter 5. Yes, he felt in his body. Something, somebody has drawn something from me. Many people were touching, but she was drawing. She drew out something from him. And, and Jesus said, someone touched me. Peter said, no, there are so many people touching you. You can't be saying that. Someone touched me. And when, when, when the woman, because many were touching, but not only one was drawing. That's the, that's the truth. But when you look at those touching and those drawing, you will know the difference. I told you, it's your faith that determines your level, actually. Not just the actions. It's the actions that, are, that stem out of your faith. That determine. So we may all be doing the same thing, but we are at different levels and different ratings. Many people were touching Jesus. Peter said, he confirmed this. He said, sir, listen, you can see the crowd. He used the word thronging you. Mark chapter 5 from verse 30. You can see everybody is trying to have a piece of you. Hey, can I see? Just like... Um, um, Maybe a star in our modern day, a star in town, and then he has only one security guard, and everybody wants, you know, an autograph, and people are pushing. And the same way, if Usain Bolt appears somewhere on Oak and Truth, there'll be, there'll be traffic. <laughs> everybody will want to have a share of him. So Jesus was in town, Mark chapter 5. So people were pushing him, and Peter said that, uh, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And that, that, that was kind of, kind of 
from 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 just from just the rational point of view, it's kind of uh, bizarre for Jesus to say who is touching. So that's why Peter asks, "Say, but the, the disciples are you see people thronging you and you're asking who touched me? They didn't know what he was talking about because this this was not just a touch; it was a touch of faith, mm-hmm. a touch of faith which tapped something from me. You can only tap from Jesus by faith." By faith. Your faith will make the difference for you. So Peter said, and the disciples said, and Jesus said, no, 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 this, you don't understand what. But when the woman realized that she could not be hidden, she came and confessed everything and said, you know what, this is the story, and I can't hide this story, and I'm healed now. But when she finished saying the story, look at verse 35, 34, I'm sorry, verse 34, what Jesus said to her. Jesus said, let's all read it aloud. Is that okay to read it from the screen? All right, let's read it from the screen. Let's go. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. What did he say to her? No. And he said to her, daughter, your faith, your what? What? Don't take lightly. Don't ignore that phrase. Your faith. Yours. 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 Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 it says that the just shall live by his faith. Your faith. But the just shall live by his faith. Say my faith. My faith. Say my faith. my faith. And so it is necessary to appreciate the fact that your faith is what defines your take. As long as God is concerned. Your faith is what defines your take. As long as God is concerned. Jesus said to her, he didn't say, my power has made you well. Even though it was his power that made her well, Jesus said to her, your faith. (laughs) Hallelujah. Somebody's faith is making it for you. Somebody's faith is working for you. Somebody's faith is working for you. They may mock you, but they will see your faith working for you. They may ignore you, but they will see your faith working for you. They may look down on you, but they will see your faith working for you. Son, my faith is working for me. It's interesting. Jesus should have said, Oh, lady, you have made my power work for you. Mm, You've got a thing. Bring it back. You should have asked permission. For permission. He said, Lady. Daughter, your faith has made you. Who made her well? Who made her well? Who will make you well? My faith. So why are you giving the blame to somebody else? Her faith made her well. The woman's daughter was healed because of her faith. So why are you complaining? Listen, your future is not in the hand of government policies. Your future is not in the hand of your employ, uh, 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 employers. Your future is not in the hand of your husband or your wife. So that if you say, because I don't have a husband, that's why. It's you don't have faith, not a husband. 
That's why I'm so sad. That's why things are not working for me. Look at the way they are treating me. It's because I don't have a husband. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! Go look for faith. Build your faith and stop complaining about what you don't have. When you don't have something, all you need is your faith. And when your faith is in place, when your faith is in place, what others have which is working for them, your faith can do it for you. I don't have any money to pay my school fees. You can't, you better get your faith. You have. Shout, my faith is working for me. Now, if, if, I won't say if I, if you were the devil, (laughs) if you were the devil, when you want to fight somebody, what would you do? Wouldn't you fight the faith instead? Because the faith that works for them. So fight. You, uh, the level doesn't matter. You can go to church as long as your faith is not in it. That's fine. Keep going. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter you coming to church as long as your faith will, will not build, will not grow. So you can come, you can come to church. When you come to church, go and sit in the foyer. Behave like you are feeding a baby. As long as you, your faith, you don't hear the way your faith is not growing, that's fine. That's fine. Come early. Clean the place. But go and sit there. The greatest desire of a, of a genuine pastor, I'll show you something, of a, a genuine pastor is seeing your faith growing. Amen. Because we are helpers of your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. And there's one way faith comes. By hearing the word. That's why we have to take our time to teach the word. There are so many people who are non-tightness. And it's definitely going to have an impact on them. So, you can't you have to give, you have to give up. You have to give, you, you don't stop that. I don't understand why a pastor should be beating your people. Hey, you have to give, you have to give. Make sure you give it. Hey, you, you, no. Teach them the word. Once faith begins to grow up, they now stand the chance of either choosing the side of the word or choosing the side of the flesh. Ishmael or Isaac, you gotta choose. But how did you did you realize that? Ishmael was not sacked out of the house until Isaac was weaned. If you don't have Isaac, you have to keep Ishmael like that. <laughs> so Genesis chapter 7, when God appeared to Abraham and he was saying, I'm going to give your wife, shall have a child. God, Abraham said, oh, that Ishmael might live. Because he hasn't seen Isaac, everything about him was still Ishmael. Ishmaelic. So the job of a pastor is to give you the word option, which is responsible for your faith. And now if you fail to put your faith into action, then you are solely responsible for the consequences. Then you can't blame God. Oh God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Uh, when people ask this question, as though God was the one who was behind it, to say, let it happen to you, let it happen to you, let it happen to you. Let it happen. Oh God, why did you let the police arrest me? But did God tell you to drive without insurance? God didn't tell you that. Again, why did you let this happen to me? This man who said he loves me, he married me, and a year later he left me alone, and I'm very frustrated. My heart is broken. When God was using Pastor David to tell you, that man is a dangerous man. That man is a dangerous man. You didn't say, God, where are you? 
Now that they have broken your heart, now that you are suffering, I say, Jack, where are you? I am here, God, where are you? <laughs> the devil is a liar. Listen to the word now, because you will lead it later. Shout yes! yes! <laughs> Let's get my legs together. And so, the, 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 Jesus said to her, your faith has made you well. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, this, verse 28, this blind man followed Jesus. And then when they came to Jesus, the blind man came to Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to, make, uh, to, do, uh, able to do this? this uh, then they, they said to him, yes, Lord. And then what, they've been following Jesus from verse 27, following Jesus, following Jesus, following Jesus. We need to see. So when they came to the house, Jesus said, you know what? You, did you believe that I'm able to do this? They said, yes. And look at verse 29. Jesus said, okay, then be it unto you. This is according to your faith. Let it be. T- Notice the trend. Your faith. Your faith. Your faith. Your, one of the things that your faith can take care of very quickly is your health. Faith is number one health killer or uh, 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 sickness killer. Reliable. Very reliable. I said very reliable. Someone shout, my faith is working for me. So, Jesus said, your faith. He said, do you believe I can? He said, yes, be it unto you according to your faith. When your faith is in place, you actually don't need too many people to be praying for you. Laying hands on you, hey, come on. Actually, when you read the Bible very carefully, okay, laying hands is also to impact healing. But most of the time, laying hands in the New Testament, laying on of hands were for imparting of gifts and blessings. Okay, every now and then. But really not, not for releasing of demons. <laughs> read, the, read the Bible. New Testament. Uh, laying off your hands, okay. But if you so wish, because that's the easiest. If you so wish, don't let laying on of hands be just purely to cast out devils from you. A Christian cannot be demon-possessed, but a, a, a Christian can be demon-influenced. Bear that in mind. So sometimes you are sleeping and you wake up at night, you are feeling demons are influencing you. To go and wash that thing back, demons are influencing you. To go and do some stuff, there's the demons. Demons can influence you. Because... You watched some movies over the night. So when you went to bed, the demons took advantage of those movies you watched and entered your system. So now they are influencing you. You are asleep. You don't understand why even you are asleep. Your body is really feeling very funny. Wake up, wake up, get up, get up, get up, get up and go and sin. Get up, call him, call her, send her a text message. Yes, demons. Okay. (laughs) So... In Matthew chapter 9, verse 29, the Bible says, Jesus said, be it to you according to your faith. Okay. In the book of Mark chapter 10, verse, verse um, 48, that was, talking about blind Bartimaeus came to Jesus Christ, and Jesus said, what do you want me to do? And he said, that I may have my sin. Then verse 52, just, just, let's jump to verse 52. Well, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. So you can tell that Jesus kept telling people your faith. Now, this wasn't the announcement or the report or the statement of the reporter. For the reporter to say, and her faith made her well, and his faith made him well. But Jesus said to the people who came to him with persistence and with the demonstration of faith, those who came to him like that, Jesus said to them that your faith has 
made you well. Faith is a necessary commodity, it's a necessary currency to transact any godly business. Without your faith, you can't do spiritual transactions. So what happens is that you always resort to asking people to be praying for you, going looking for prophets, for prophets to come and say, hey, I see three dwarfs, one jumping on your right side. Say, hey! And then most of us like those things, don't like gimmicks. And then they go, hey, hey, you like it, this man is powerful. <laughs> Those are the things some of us, we like. So, that's how my faith is working. That is why I have to take my time. Don't worry. I will take my time and make sure that this faith thing, you get it. Because that that's what is responsible for your future. That's what is responsible for your future. It gets to a time where there's nobody with you. There's nobody. In your darkest moment, your faith rises up. And you can look faith. You can look at the devil. You can look at the situation. And you can say, bring it on now, Satan. Bring it on. I can handle you. Bring it on. Because I've got a word of God in me. I can deal with you. Bring it on. Shout yes. Why if you, if you don't have the word and that kind of Christianity? I mean, there's a place where we intercede for one another. But when the centrality of your Christian life is prayer-centric, prayer-centered, prayer meeting upon prayer meeting, calling one special man of God to the other special man of God to be praying for you. Well, Jesus said, it's your faith that has made you well. It's your faith that has delivered you. It's your faith that has brought your peace. Shout, my faith is working for me. So we can see, we have seen in four different places how faith worked for people, individuals. And I discovered that in the Christian walk itself, your rating has everything to do with your faith. Pastor, when I was studying my Bible, I discovered a New Testament church. Virtually, virtually every epistle Paul sent to the people in the opening comments, in his opening statements, he addressed their faith. How he made reference to their faith. It's very interesting. In his opening, opening comments. So, for instance, Romans chapter 1, chapter 1, okay? Right in chapter 1, verse 8, he made references to faith. Romans chapter 1, verse 8, he made reference to faith. He says that, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. That your faith, did you see that? He said, I thank God that your faith is being spoken of throughout the world. And then it's 1 Corinthians. So from Romans you go to Corinthians, isn't it? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 5. It talks, it talks about faith. How their faith is working. Their faith is growing. Alright. So 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 2 verse 5. That your faith. See your faith. Say your faith. Your faith. It's, it's, it's personal. To you. That your faith. I'll come back to that. You know, that your faith may not. When you are, that, the, 1 Corinthians the early stages of 1 Corinthians, it was making reference to their faith. 1 Corinthians. And then in 2 Corinthians 2, it made reference to their faith. But particularly, 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 15. I like the way he put it. Chapter 15, verse 14 and verse 15, talking about the resurrection. He said, actually, the value of the resurrection has a lot to do with your faith. He says that if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Is also empty. So that means that faith is not empty. 
As long as the resurrection is valid. So if you can have a little faith, it can do a lot for you. If you can have little faith, it can do a lot for you. As long as the resurrection is valid, your faith is done. It says that, which this is such interesting. It is the resurrection that gives credence, that gives authenticity to the preaching we do. And it says that if, if the resurrection, Christ has no reason, then our preaching is vain. And your faith, you see the progression. And your faith is vain. Actually, your faith has a direct connection to the preaching you listen to. The pre- don't forget that. The, pre- the, the verse 17 talks about the same thing. It's talking about if Christ is not resurrected, then your faith is in vain. He says that if Christ has, is not risen, your faith is futile and you are still in your sin. Your faith is not in vain. Right at the, in the opening, opening part of um, Corinthians, he started talking about. In fact, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter, I think 5 verse 13, it talks about how you have to examine yourself daily to make sure you are in the faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, examine yourself daily. Daily. Examine yourself constantly. Examine yourself. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourself as to whether you are in the faith. It's so important. You are being in the faith. Listen, listen. You may be coming to church, but make sure you are in the faith. Mm-hmm. Make sure you are in the faith. Listen, everything you do, we may be going out to go and win souls, but make sure that you are doing it out of faith. Not to try and impress somebody, impress your, your team leader. Or you are doing it so that that lady you are trying to win will see that you are actually a soul winner. Oh, yeah? Oh. Full time. Who are you? And I work miracles. And anyway, People will be joining the soul because they also want to. Listen, listen to me very carefully. Sometimes you can join. This is interesting. Let me, let's, this pastoral. Um, when something good is happening and it touches your heart, it's okay to do it because others are doing it. Bible says that provoke one another unto good works. All right. So then, maybe you saw uh, that lady has gone to win a soul, has gone to preach to someone, and it touched your heart. If this one is doing it, I might as well do it. It's it's good. It's okay. It's okay to be motivated by somebody's good works. All right. So you don't say anyway. I want to make sure my faith has grown in my room before I move out. <laughs> Those of you who have been Christians for a while and read your Bibles regularly, you would agree with me. It's not every day you read your Bible that you really feel like reading your Bible. There are times actually you finish reading your Bible and you're wondering, well, I've just done it out of I've just ticked the box. Listen, it's better you tick the box than not to tick the box. All right. It's better to tick the box. But you have to understand that God is not upset with you because you didn't read your Bible. That's legalism. So if you didn't read your Bible, it doesn't make, make God upset with you. But it actually is just like you, the, a whole day you haven't eaten. You know, it, it will affect you. It will affect your spiritual strength. So these are the dynamics you have to understand. But then, if you're reading your Bible because you, you know that when you, when you come to church, maybe your cell leader, your, your, your cell leader will, is likely to ask you, have you read your Bible today? So if that's making you read your Bible, at least it's good. It's good motivation. Okay, it's good motivation. Sometimes it's good to motivate. Bible says that he who desires the office of a bishop desires a good. He didn't say who is ordained as a bishop. The fact that you also want to be like a pastor, you also want to be a pastor. It's a it's a good desire. Bible says he who desires it. So you don't have to be ordained into it. Just desire it, and it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. It's very interesting. So you must know where what motivates you. But some people are motivated by ulterior motive, fleshly desires, carnal intents, and political agendas. 
So they say, we are going to win souls. So they also come. They are coming to win souls. They are not interested. They see a soul pass. I can't be bothered. Let me, follow, let me follow that sister. She's going to win that. So I'm following that sister. And then when she sees that sister is about to tell, then she tries to look for someone to hold their hands. So she, he looks so spiritual. You know, oh, no, no. these things happen to ordinary human beings. I will show you. You can have faith, but this can happen to you. I will show you in the Bible. You can have faith, and this can happen to you. Because you can be doing something just to tick a box and to impress somebody to also look very powerful. Isn't it not the same when we come for prayer meetings? Some people, they, they have never prayed for eight months. They come for the prayer meeting. Hey, Oh, you are lying. The devil is alive. But it's okay. That's okay. Just keep up. As long as you are charging yourself and you are not trying to impress people, that's fine. If you are not trying to impress, but sometimes people are full of impressions. <laughs> you never worship at home. You never kneel down. Anything. But as soon as we come to church, you were fighting all day. We come to church suddenly. You are lying. On the- oh, Lord, I love you. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Say, my faith is working for me. Is it okay if I teach? Yeah. So that we can be, we can be a bunch of Christians with authenticity. Authenticity. Now, some of these things, people must be made aware. Listen, sisters, they are, they are, it happens in church, you know. When I got born again in my early days, I overheard some people saying it. In church, but I tell you, how can that be? How, how, can, how can a sister come to church and intentionally be dancing to catch a man? I mean, how can that be? So I began to grow in the Lord and I realized, oh, ah, Christians are very interesting and powerful. <laughs> Christians, Christians are ordinary human beings and if their faith goes down, they will do anything others do. <laughs> That's the word. You will easily be drifted. How many of you, since you go born again, have drifted before? Oh. And those who can't lift up their hand, look at them very carefully. So they should come and be teaching us. It's just, that's why it says that Hebrews chapter 2, remember? Take heed to these things you have heard. The things that pastor is telling you, take heed to them, oh. Take it to them. Be careful. Take it to them. That you do not drift. Or they do not drift. You can, they can easily slip by. Can you imagine the way you were so determined. How you be so faithful to God in some things. And after some time. Or when some persecution arose. You drifted. And you can't talk about it. Because people don't know you. They don't. Listen. It's okay. Don't let anybody know. Just. Just be yourself because you may not know. The one sitting beside you have also drifted very bad. No, listen to what I didn't say. Listen to what I didn't say. I did not say that when drifting is coming, say anyway, maybe some others are drifting, so me too. Let me drift. I did not say that. I did not say that. I'm saying as long as you are here, just keep focused and forget about Don't think everybody, maybe all the people on your role are oh good. You are the only one who have drifted. So I think it's better to maintain that approach. You are the only one who have drifted. Everybody looks very, look at them. Don't they look better? Don't they look very holy? 
Shout, my faith is working for me. So it's, it's, it's so important to understand that faith. I'm going to show you characteristics of your faith. Some characteristics. What your what can happen to your faith? Okay. But then, so I spoke about First Corinthians or Second Corinthians, and then chapter one, verse verse fifteen. It says that therefore, when I had oh, oh I like this. I feel my, how much time have I got? When I had, we said, therefore also, after I heard of your faith, see your faith. Your faith. We, we, must, we must hear. We will hear about how you're doing in your faith. Amen. In your faith. Don't say, oh, now I go to church. No, let's hear about your faith. You go to church and so we can tell. It's showing your faith work. When I heard of your faith. Right. So as I said, most of the epistles, the opening comments Faith. Paul addressed your faith. Addressed their faith. So Colossians as well. He addressed their Philippians chapter 2 verse I think 17 addressed their faith. Colossians chapter um, 1 verse 4. I like Colossians 1 4. He addressed their faith. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3 and 8. He addressed their faith. Uh, kept talking about your faith. Colossians 1 4. Since we heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. In, the, in Christ Jesus. And your love for all the saints. So you, you keep hearing your faith, your faith. So in 2 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 1, 3, your faith. 2 Thessalonians 1, 3, your faith. In James chapter 1, verse 3, your faith. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, your faith. Kept talking about your faith. These are all letters. And practically none of the letters were written without your faith being addressed or being Referred to, and this is what he says. He says that uh, Paul himself in Second Timothy. I like that. I like that. I like that. Towards the end of his life, I I I I know I'll say that, but that's one of my major assignment, major visions in life. My major target and goal in life is so that um, Second Timothy chapter four, verse verse seven. I can also say like he said. You know, he says that I have fought a good fight. I've finished the race, and what? And what? And what? Sister, in all your testimonies you have been making noise about, make sure you are keeping your faith. Yeah. Keep your faith. Brother, keep your faith. Keep your, yeah, someone has stepped on your toe. Yes, that's, it, it's human, okay? It's human to be offended. It's human to react. But when you are all, when, all through, when you are justifying your human tendencies or human idiosyncrasies, make sure you are keeping the faith. When your husband has offended you so badly, your wife has offended you so badly, and ah, 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 as a faith believer, make sure that you are keeping your faith. The keeping of your faith is a personal responsibility. No preacher, no bishop, no archbishop, no anointed, no apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, or pastor can keep your faith for you. You have to keep your own faith. He said, I've kept the faith. I've kept the Do you know why I kept the faith? Even through all the, the changing scenes, the vicissitudes of life he went through. Do you know why he kept his faith? Because without his faith, he, there's no victory in line, in view. Without your faith, there's no victory. Bible, oh, Bible says in 1 John chapter 
5, verse 4, it says that whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says that for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. And it clearly makes it so you don't get it wrong. It said, our faith. Look at the grammar very well. He said, whatsoever is born, hmm, I got something. Whatsoever. He didn't say whosoever. He said, what? Anything that issues out of God. As long as it's from God. That's why God told Abraham, one from your own loins will be your heir. He says that the one who is from the bosom of the father, John chapter 1 verse 18, comes from your loins. He said, whatsoever, put it on the screen please. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory over. So whatsoever, hey, whatsoever is born of God has embedded in it victory. Get it, get it. Are you getting it? Whatsoever is born of God, it, it's like when you plant a viable seed. When you plant a viable seed, you put the seed in the ground, but when the, the conditions are necessary, when the all necessary conditions are present, the seed begins to germinate. You see it. Who taught the seed how to germinate apples? It's all embedded, it's part of the packaging. So he said that anything that comes from God has the packaging in it, the victory packaging. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And he says that, and he says, for you not to get, get it wrong, let me show you what overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith. Say our faith. Amen. So whatsoever is born of God has our faith inside. You didn't get it? Because that's, he said, anything that is born of God, whatsoever is born of God, overcomes the world. And he said, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So anything that is born of God has victory inside, which is, has our faith inside. Because the victory, the definition of victory to overcome the world is our faith. So anything that can shake your faith has defined your victory. Wow. Stop making too much noise about who is praying for you, who you have on your side, who you don't have on your side, what is trying to work for you, what is not. Stop making that noise because you should be too mature for that to be a, a, a bother. You, hey, you must know how to go to the engine room of your victory and service it and come back and have the victory. This is what I'm talking about. Enter your engine room and say, ah, this thing is not firing properly. This gun is not firing properly. Take it back. Go and uh, pull it up, uh, apart. Clean it very service it. He said, now let's go. Let's see what happened. And everything is getting down. Because said, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. You got it. You got faith. That is why when he was addressing them from uh, in epistles, every time he addressed them, he began to make reference to their faith. No, I don't have faith. No, you do. But I don't. You no, know, you do. I don't have. I say you do. But I do not. I say you do. The only one who doesn't have faith is someone who is not born again. If you are not born again, you don't have faith. You may have ideas, but you don't have this faith we are talking about. This faith we are talking about, you don't have it. Um, but 
Okay, I have faith. That's why in the church, that's why I'm sitting. That's not the kind of faith we are talking about. Can this faith, this kind of faith heal you? Well, I have faith. That's why I'm taking the medication. That's not the kind of faith we are talking about. That one, someone, the doctor prescribed it for you. That's not the kind of faith. We are talking about the God kind of faith. The first thing God kind of faith does is it, it saves you. It saves you from going to hell. So, he, he, ooh, ooh, he moves you, he translates you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, into the kingdom of light. So that's the fact. Because you, how, how can you operate effectively if you are in darkness? So he moves you from darkness into light. Now he said, begin to operate. Now, we are in light, but we are not operating. We are operating like we are in darkness because kind of we are blind. Because a seeing man in the dark is not different from a blind man in the light. <laughs> so, so we are just groping, groping, and by God's grace, He has sent me to come and shine the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, so that your faith—it's <laughs> your faith that comes. When your faith comes alive, you can see all the machinations and the schemings of the devil. And Bible says that Ephesians chapter six, He says that above all, taking the shield of faith and like that Ephesians chapter, chapter, chapter 6 verse 16 it's above all taking the shield of faith by which you quench all the fiery dark with which you you'll be able to quench all say all, all. say all. all you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one the devil is called the wicked one in the bible because he's actually wicked he is wicked. He is looking to destroy you. He is looking to make sure that you have cancer. He is looking to make sure that you are bedridden. He is looking to make sure that you are poor. You remain poor. He is looking to make sure that you don't get married. He is looking to make sure your marriage will never be good. He is looking to make sure your children are all wayward. He is looking to make sure that you don't have a job. He is looking to make sure that you are frustrated. He is looking to make sure that you are depressed. He is a wicked devil. But Bible says take the shade of faith which will you be able to quench all the fiery time. All the fiery darts. And the devil's the darts. Fiery. You know when you watch, your life is the bull's eye. For the devil's darts. And his darts are fiery. Full of fire. So your marriage is okay. And then one day you don't know what happened. The enemy, you didn't know. And so you are walking, you didn't know. He's aiming at you. You know the way they do it. He's aiming at you. Okay, he's waiting. He's waiting. And so you too, someone upsets you in church, you say, I won't go to church again. Yeah, he said, go, 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 go. go. <laughs> then you go to church again, he said, ah, he's waiting. He's waiting. Ah, he's coming out. He's coming. He's coming. Last week he didn't go. Next week he's not going. Good, good. Then you send somebody to come and upset you in church more. God, stay out, stay out. Don't give your time, stay out. <laughs> then he releases it. So you are there when they not push. Then you begin to bend. It's a fiery dart. What did you think is going to do? Bible said this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. So it says that take the shield of faith. It's coming. You'll be able to. Technology can't help you for that though. Your iPad. Your iPhone. There's no app for that. <laughs> I like that. Maybe there's an app called iFate. 
It's a work. That's an eye faith. But it's a work. Because this one is heart faith. It's born, heart born. Very that's of the devil. So he said, I don't have faith. You do? I don't have faith. You do? Because how do you know I have pastor? I will show you only two scriptures because of my time. Only two scriptures. Scripture number one, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. He said, by grace are you saved through faith. So if you are saved, it happened through faith. Through faith. I'm yet to know about a baby who was born outside completely developed Grew up, developed everything outside the womb. Even test tube babies is just called in vitro fertilization. They just fertilize it outside just for the fertilization because maybe of some biological challenges. The egg is fertilized outside of the womb and then now insert and planted into the womb of a, not a goat, a human being. Because a goat can't sustain a human fetus. That's what you must know. A dog can't. So it's implanted into a womb. Why? If it was fertilized outside the womb, why doesn't it? No. It only develops within a womb. And then after certain weeks or months, the baby is not ready to be born. Whether they remove the baby or it comes through the birth canal, it must develop within the womb. Not the tomb. Womb. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And so, how come? You can't be born again. You can't be a Christian. Let me use the word Christian because of the misunderstanding of many so long as the word born again, the term or the phrase born again is concerned. So I met someone I was talking about. He said, oh, me, I'm a Christian, but I just don't can't stand being born again. I don't like it. How do you understand? So just for the sake of explanation, let's just let's assume that when I say born again, okay, which actually that's what I mean, a Christian, a proper Christian who has given your life to Jesus Christ and you are saved on your way to heaven, not hell. Okay? Now, if you are a Christian, the only way you became one is by faith. God brought salvation on the table by grace. The only way you can partake of that salvation uh, grace has brought on the table is by faith. So God brings Grace, you bring faith. So when, when faith meets grace, you have salvation. Okay? Now, now, so then how come... Okay, another, another illustration. There is no way you can have a human being only made up of a female egg. My mother... <laughs> my mother's eggs. I'm just made up of my mother's eggs. Even Jesus, it wasn't only Mary's eggs. He needed the Holy Ghost sperma, the seed of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you, there can never be a human being without egg being fertilized by the sperma, the seed. So if you are saying you are only just one big sperm that has grown, <laughs> even though you may look like that, yeah, you, you are not. <laughs> or if if you claim to be one big egg that has grown, it's, it can't be. 
Because it's, it's not done. In the same way, you can't be a Christian just because grace found you. you. Your name can be like my name, Grace, but still, you need faith. Bible said it's of faith that it might be according to grace. Romans chapter 4 verse 16. It, it's of faith that it might be according to grace. So faith is what makes grace useful in our lives. Listen to that. Very, very, very important. Faith is what makes grace useful. It was, it's what, what makes grace eatable, enjoyable, edible, useful, applicable. If you want to enjoy the, the grace of God, just put your faith into action. Does that make sense? Now, so then, having explained that, does that, do you understand the fact that when anybody is born again, the person has got faith? Now, according to Romans chapter 12, verse 6, okay, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, let's look at it. Romans chapter 12, verse 6, he said, God has dealt with every one of us, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let, let us use them. If prophesy, let us prophesy in proportion of our faith. Go to the verse 4, I want the verse 4 instead, verse 4. Verse 4, verse 4, verse 4, verse 4, verse 4. For, for us, we have many members in the body, but all members have the same function. For I said, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is amongst you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. All right? That means you can think of yourself highly. But not more than you ought to think, bro. <laughs> Don't think, calm down. Don't think you are so that you are that so mighty and that important. All right? Think good of yourself, highly of yourself. Even me as a pastor, I think I'll be naive to think, oh, you just moved into your house. You didn't come to come and pray about the house. You will see, oh, what, what, what kind of pastor is that? I think I, think, I would think more highly of myself. I'm, I'm, don't you know, I'm the man of God. If I don't preach, you don't get faith. If I don't pray for you, if me, if I don't pray for you, you won't be healed. Oh, I'm thinking more highly of myself than I ought to. As though, as it's, Sometimes some pastors behave like they die to save people. <laughs> a pastor look at somebody and say, hey, I pray for you for your healing, for your miracle. You are taking my blessing to another church. You are taking my glory. Hey, if you take it, you see what happens on Ananias and Sapphira. It took, ah! If you don't pursue God as a pastor, you keep chasing people. Stop chasing people. Chase God. People will be chasing you. Yeah. <laughs> I learned that from Bishop Oyedepo. My days of chasing members are gone. Amen. I'm in the days of chasing the Holy Ghost. Wherever he goes to hide, I'll go there. Every, every, Holy Ghost. I will never give him rest anymore. I will chase the Holy Ghost. And he, as long as I keep looking for the Spirit of God, he keeps me relevant in your life because he gives me your answers. He gives me what he has to tell you. What? Because he called me for you. And so as long as I keep going to him, I'll have the fresh bread for you. I'll have your answers to you. But if I stop going to him and start looking at you and start wanting to have parties and celebrating birthdays and just sitting down and then you, uh, uh, you have not brought me off right now. Uh, bring me <laughs> Hey, bring me off, okay? You are not bringing off, you are not doing well. Hey, you haven't paid your tithe. Why? Oh, man. <laughs> then a pastor, a pastor go to church, church member. Brother, 
This week is no good. Can you loan me some money? <laughs> Bishop, Bishop Oyedipo said, some pastors, when, when they are coming, they are, the members, they tell their children, hey, tell me I'm not there, I'm not there. Because when pastor is coming home, rather should be a time of joy. People say, ah, the man is coming again. He's coming with his problems. <laughs> so those of you, those of you who are eyeing to be pastors without a calling, it's a good thing to eye, but get ready. Say, my faith is working for me. I think I should finish that quickly, okay? So it says that don't think highly of yourself than you ought to. It's just like a, a man looking to get married. And he's thinking very highly of himself. He thinks all the ladies in the church like him. <laughs> and you're wondering, is it because of his beard? Or because of, what is it? You're thinking too highly of him. Sister, every man who shakes your hands, <laughs> he likes me. Every man, he likes me. I think you think too highly of yourself. (laughs) All right, let me move out of there. Let's go back to the faith. Because your faith will work for you. (laughs) Tell someone, my faith is working for me. me. So he says that in um, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 3, he says, let everyone think of himself, not too highly of yourself, okay? Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But... Think soberly, as God has dealt with how many of us? How many of us? How many of us? How many of us? Dealt with each one what? A measure of what? Everyone has got a measure. Everyone. As soon as you come in, take your own. Take your own. Take your own. So we all start with a measure. But as to whether it grows or how it gets to, it depends on you. We start with a measure of faith. So every Christian has faith. Because you are only saved through faith. Say measure of faith. So quickly then. Let me just give you about two, three, four, five, six. How many one? Seven. About your faith. Number one, it can be known. As I told people who know about your faith. People can know. Ah, this one has got faith. Number one, it can be known. First Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5 and 6. It can be known. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. For, for this reason, when, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. All right. It can be known. The level of your faith can be known by others. So I don't, I don't know where it is. And no one knows. And no one understands me. No. People around you can know. It can be known. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 5, it also talks, uh, refers to something similar, how our faith can be known. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see, the, to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. So I'm rejoicing to see your good order, the way you are conducting yourself, the order. Not just that, but the steadfastness of your faith. It can be seen, it can be known. It's not something very private and something so secret that no one will know. It can be seen and it can be known. Number two, you're about your faith. I like this one. It's really nice. First Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 2. It can be comforted. You know, sometimes your faith can be buffeted. <laughs> hmm. How many of you have experienced buffeted faith before? All right. Now, when your faith is buffeted, for instance, when something you didn't expect happens, even though you are believing God, 
and it happens, sometimes that faith can be comforted. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 2, it can be comforted. I like that. He said, I sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. Now go to, given the King James, it can, your faith can be encouraged, given the King James, uh, to comfort you concerning your faith. Concerning your faith, he will comfort you. Because now the Thessalonian church was a church that had gone through a lot of affliction. So in the opening comments of Thessalonians, he says that God comforts you so that you will comfort others with the comfort with which God has comforted you. <laughs> Very interesting. I think said how God comforts you in your affliction so that you will be able to comfort others with the comfort with which God comforted you when you were in that difficulty. <laughs> right. So the Thessalonian church was a church that had suffered a, suffered a lot of heartaches and attacks and it was a, a, a letter written to encourage them. And it says that we are writing to encourage your faith or to comfort your faith, to let you know that, listen, in spite of what has happened here, first Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5, if in, in spite of that, that, what I just said, God will comfort you, it's first Thessalonians 5, 5. Said, in spite of what you have been through, we are writing to comfort your faith. Because sometimes, how many of you know that sometimes you, you just need some faith boosters and faith encouragers? Because sometimes it just looks like this thing is not working. Sometimes you wait and 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 wait. And wait. That is why sometimes hearing somebody's testimony can comfort your faith. Maybe I know you are here, you've been waiting for your next job. You have been waiting for your next allocation, you are waiting for your next miracle. Maybe I know you are here, you have been waiting to, to get married, and it looks like things are delaying, and your faith, you've, you've tried. Some people make statements like, I've done everything I could. They say we should jump, I've jumped. They say we should sow, I've sow. They say we should give an altar of sacrifice, I've banged the altar. See, that kind of statement sometimes is a reflection of faith that has been weakened. Buffeted faith. So you are talking about a bank the altar. Well, when you are banking the altar, do you think that immediately the husband is going to pop out of the altar? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so why are you talking like that? Don't talk like that. They say we should bang, I bang. They say we should give, I give. They say we should do, I'm done. They say we should do, and then you make a statement. They said, who are the ones who are saying? Say your faith, my faith made me do it. And they say, you say, and you are putting the blame on somebody. Like the, the, the instruction from the authors, our author is not working. It's your faith. No wonder you are saying they said, because you saw it as they said. So you are doing what they are saying. But if you have done what your faith is telling you, you will know that it, it, it's just a matter of time. Say my faith is working for me. Those people who have to tell, they are, come, come, come. you are here, you are, you are here, eh? you are a Christian, you've been in church for at least five months, and you are not a tither, Abba, ah. hey. Hey. you are not growing, no, 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 it's not affecting the church, it's affecting you, you are not growing, you want the pastors to say, hey, if you don't bring your tithe, hey, <laughs> so most of those people, do you know what they respond to? They respond to a strange move. And there's a prophet here. He said, the Lord is showing me. There are 10 people here. Everyone is going to give 5,000. You see them coming. Because they haven't been given, so they have a lot waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you getting something at all? Hallelujah. But please, don't run out, don't jump out of this boat because 
Your faith is what determines your faith. Hallelujah. Your faith. Your faith. If I could do, I'll show you, Paul. If I could do anything to get faith into you, I'm done. I can sleep and rest because you're just uh, winning, winning, winning from one level of victory to the other. Someone shout, my faith is working for me. My faith is working for me. So number one about faith, characteristic of faith. Number one, what did I say? It can be no. Number two? Number three? It should be in the spirit. Number three? <laughs> it can be incomplete. In other words, it can be lacking in something. Or your faith can be lacking. Okay. It can be incomplete. In the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, it, put, it, say, it says that night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your faith and perfect that which is lacking in your faith. Something can be lacking in your You can have faith, though. You, hey, you can, I told you, everyone starts with a measure. So you can have faith, but it can, something may be lacking in your faith. Right. So the fact that you have faith doesn't mean everything, that's all. You must have a complete faith, robust faith, comprehensive faith, mature faith. Perf- another, word to, another way to put it is perfected faith. Perfected faith. So that he said that, that we will complete what, that which is lacking in your faith. So brothers and sisters, when we come to church, sometimes you are dealing with somebody in church and you realize that the person is not behaving according to standard or according to your expectation. Know that maybe it's a, it's a lack of, something is lacking in their faith. They have faith, but something is lacking. Somebody can tell you, yeah, 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 this one, this one, I know, I believe, I believe, but, but let's be real, let's be real. Something is lacking in their faith. I believe, oh, I believe, I believe, but no, no, let's be real, let's be real, let's be real. Let, real, is there anything contrary to being real about faith? So I believe, okay, faith, faith, enough, enough, enough. Okay, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, this one, don't go, no, don't, don't. Let's put Bible, Bible aside. Let's put Bible, Bible I'm growing, I have to marry this woman. So let's put, oh, I need a job. I need to secure a job. And so, you know, we are talking about, uh, I need life. This I mean life, man. We're talking about Bible, 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 faith, 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 faith. That person may still be born again. And it will surprise you to know that people can be in leadership in certain churches. Or in a church and still be lacking woefully in something so long as their faith is concerned. Do you know why? I, if I don't study the Bible and keep praying and walking with the Holy Spirit, you give me two months, my faith will not be where it is. And someone who just even got born again may be operating in a full complete faith than me. Because faith is not always resident. It's not, I like the way Pastor put it, it's not title sensitive. You can be five years in the Lord and still be, be a baby, 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 baby in faith, in your faith. So every one of us has the responsibility of building up our own faith. Building, that's why, that's why I put it there, building up yourself in, the, in your most holy faith. Build up yourself, Jude 20. Build up yourself, build up yourself. Don't abdicate the responsibility of developing your faith to somebody. Because that will make you a victim in life. And so, your faith can be lacking. Oh, I like this one. Are you ready for the fourth one? Your faith can be tried. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
In fact, every faith, I like what I'm about to say. I've been saying it always, and I feel like jumping before I say it. Let me hold my Bible. Every genuine faith, sister, every genuine faith will be tested. If you say, I have faith in God, I have faith in God. Situa- not God, though. Situations will test the faith. Every genuine faith will be tested. And when your faith is tested, will it pass? First Peter chapter one verse seven. First Peter chapter one verse seven. That the genuineness of your faith be much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by a. You see what tests will test your faith. Though it is, te- Do I, am I talking to people here who feel their faith being tested by fire? Yes. Especially sometimes, sir. Sometimes when it comes to the area of finances, when it comes to the area of health, when it comes to the area of your relationships in church, uh-huh. in church, uh-huh. how many of you know that sometimes you can tell that your faith is being tested by fire? Your faith will be tested. Be tried. And Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 3, he said, Count it all joy. With verse 2, when you fall into diverse kinds of trial, knowing this, the verse 3, that the trying of your faith, the trial, faith will be tested. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces something. It needs to be tested. The more you put your, your faith comes under pressure, the more patience is coming out. And the more patience is developed. Okay, this is how patience is developed. Faith. And the patience is developed. Do you understand? So pressure on your faith produces patience. But Bible says that you, you can't obtain the promise by faith alone. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12. It doesn't take only faith to get a promise. Oh, let's read it. Let's go. Read it out. Let's go. How did they inherit the promise? How did they inherit the promises? So you have got faith. Now it needs to be put under pressure for patience to grow. And then when patience grows, it marries your faith and then promises all around you are enjoying the testimonies. But some of us, we have faith. He said, no, hey, now have faith. So pressure will come. Pressure. I'm going to ask you to say one prayer. Most of you wouldn't like to say that prayer, but it's good for you. Say, Lord, test my faith. (laughs) Genesis, it says that, and it came to pass after this, this Genesis chapter 22 verse 1, and it came to pass after this, that God did test Abraham. God tested Abraham. Your faith, Abraham, the father of faith, he was tested. He was tested. By the way, that usher spoke to you the other time. Your mother has never spoken to you in your life. <laughs> he said, what? It's usher. All during the worship, you felt like get up and go back to, to, go back to the house. Your team wanted to come back. Lord, help my faith. <laughs> yes. Your team, yeah, yeah. You know you have it. You got it. But sometimes you come to church, you look like an angel. But the thing is there. Every now and then, he wants to come up by your faith. Keeps is this the victory that overcomes the world? Even our faith, 
<laughs> Hallelujah. So your faith will be tested. Okay. So your faith, your faith can be comforted. Your faith can be um, known. Your faith can be um, can be incomplete, and your faith can be tried. Oh, I like this. Let me give you last two, and then we finish. Number five or four. You will like this one. I like this one. Let me clap for Jesus before I say it. Now, your faith, your faith can increase. Shout yes! Shout yes! Or it can grow. Increased faith means increased victories. Increased victories of uh, chances of victories. Increased growing faith means growing possibilities of triumphs. Increase. Your faith can be increased. Your faith can grow. Your faith can be increased. Say, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, increase my faith. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15. The problem is your faith must be right. Grow your faith. How many points have I given you? Five. And what's the fifth point? Your faith will can grow. And what scripture did I give you? Second Corinthians. Did we read it? We didn't read it. Let's read it. Put it on the screen for me quickly. Because we need to always see. It says, not boasting of things beyond your measure, that is, in other men's labor, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. That, that, that text is very loaded. So the pastor is saying that as your faith is growing, that we, our influence, our sphere of influence will be growing because it depends on your faith. So if you're a pastor, you're preaching, you're teaching people whose faith are not growing, your influence is kept. What makes the impact is when the people you are pastoring, their faith is growing, they are in their office, people are wondering, wow, what church do you attend? You are full of faith. I like it. They, they, they are growing. And that's when the influence of the church begins to grow. It's when the faith of the members of the church begins to grow. Increase. That, that text is very is seriously loaded. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So your faith can grow. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3, in the same line, faith growing. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. It said, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one. See, the pastor said that I, I don't have a choice. I'm bound. We are bound to thank God for you because your faith grows exceedingly. You know, as a pastor, people, when you remember their names, this, this is a challenge your pastoral work. And that too, when you remember their names, oh God. He said, we are bound to give God thanks for you because your, your faith is growing. Others, their faith is not growing. It's actually dwarfing. And yet their faith is actually now challenging your own faith. And beginning to question your teachings. Ow! Hey! So he says that we are bound. Can you imagine? He said, we are bound to thank God always, not once, always for you. When I remember Pastor Charles, oh God, you for Pastor Church. When I remember Pastor you, I say, oh God, thank you for this one. When I remember you, you, I'm talking about you. When I remember, I say, oh God, thank you. When I remember that one, I say, hey, God. <laughs> God, help me to know what to do about this one. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. But your faith is growing. It's, it's not based on what you do or how you do things, but it's based on your faith. That is what makes pastoral work easier and better. So we are bound to give God thanks for you. Amen. How many of us are determined to make sure that we, the church leaders will give God thanks for you? I know some of you can't lift up your hand, but that's fine. I'm not, that's why I'm not watching, because that alone will also become. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Let me give you only one more, and I'm done. Oh, there are two. Okay, quickly. One, your faith. This is a serious one. Your faith can rest on something else other than God's word or God's power. Your faith can end up resting on something or something. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 5. It's a serious one. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 5. Said that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the... Did you see that? Your faith can end up being in something else. That is why, listen, that's why I've, I've vowed to chase the Holy Spirit so I don't end up just becoming a motivational speaker. Mm. Other than that, your faith will rest in the wisdom of men. He said, when you start the opening of that, he said, brethren, and you brethren, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, and you brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with the enticing word, and, and, and I brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or with or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. Verse 2, he says that, for I determined not to know anything amongst you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Verse 3, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trouble. Can you imagine? The pastor is talking to you and he's, 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 he has to be careful. He has to be careful with his words. So. <laughs> with fear and much trouble. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Human wisdom, motivational speech. Nowadays, it sells hot in our generation. If you can learn good one-liners and know how to, so you you be jumping around like the way I'm jumping around, and then you, know, you have to speak with certain levels of finesse and excellence, and your English, your English must be impeccable, and your your grammar must be grammatical. <laughs> 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 Grammatically astute, yes. you know, and and you, 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 yes. you eloquence, yes. eloquence. Yes. People listen to you and they are clapping not because of the quotation you ex- exposed, but because of the nice wow, 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 wow. This. Then I quote from Bob Marley. Bob Marley said, "You can never eat your cake and have it." They say, "Wow." Then I cook from, then I add, I, I, I sugarcoat it with, with Winston Churchill. Then I add what the queen said recently. Then I add Mandela. Oh, Madiba, Madiba said. <laughs> People are clapping. are clapping. So I go and learn wise sayings from so-called wise men. And quotations from Confucius and Mahatma Gandhi. And I began to stand. They tell you this man is well read. Well, Leonard, <laughs> when he speaks, he speaks a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, no, no. 
Sorry. I, 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 I don't have that. If that's what you came for, I have the word of faith. The word of faith. Which we preach. Is that it in your mouth? It's in your mouth. Hallelujah. So he said, and my preaching, my preaching was not with enticing men's of, uh, words of man, human wisdom, but, but in, my preaching was in demonstration of the Holy Ghost. That is why every pastor, your business is to chase the Holy Spirit. Chase the Holy Spirit. He said, my preaching was with the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Why? That's the most important. Why? That's your faith. Should not rest. See, 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 so, so, see, so when, when we are not just full and demonstrating and preaching out of inspiration by the Holy Spirit, and you know, how do you know when it's the Holy Spirit? It, it really goes deep into people's hearts, it enters their spirit, not just it doesn't stay in the mind region, even though the mind will be educated and know some things, it goes right into the spirit, and most of the time, it doesn't leave the spirit, and it, it re energizes the spirit, it rejuvenates the spirit. That is the Holy Ghost power. And then it's also demonstrated with the signs and wonders and other things following. You understand? He says that all these things are preached like that so that your faith will not rest. Did you see that? Your, your, so that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power. So what, is, what should you know about your faith? Your faith, you can have faith, but it's resting and it's in the wisdom of men or it's in something else. Because we all start by faith. It's, we start in faith, do you understand that? So it, your faith will be resting on something, and sometimes if you don't take care, your faith can grow in the wrong thing. Growing, but its foundation is just human sense, common sense. Common sense which you don't need to pray to know. It's common. Common sense. It doesn't require prayer. Is common sense. If you give me 10 pounds for something I'm selling for 5 pounds, how much am I supposed to give you back? Do I need to go and pray to know how much to give you back? It's common sense. Some people are called to be, I don't know, some people believe they are called to be motivational speakers. But my papa, Bishop Oyedepo, and his sons, including me, we were not called to be motivational speakers. We are called to preach the word. Be instant in season and other season. You will never find us preaching without quoting from the Bible. We can't do that. It's an abomination for our kind of talk. We don't preach without making reference to the scriptures and show you what the scriptures is saying and making sure we are quoting the scripture or interpreting the scripture accurately, truly. Rightly dividing the word of truth. First Peter chapter 1, verse 1, 21. I finish. First Peter chapter 1, verse 21 said, Who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Your faith. Where must your faith be? In God. Listen, not a man of God, but the God of men. Your faith can be some, in something else. Because there are too many people whose faith are in. As my church, as my church. It's good to be confident about your church. But fun, the fundamental fact is that your faith must be in God and the Holy Ghost. As for my man of God is powerful. I'm a man of, no man of God is powerful. 
It's the Holy Spirit, amount of Holy Spirit that is passing through his system that makes him relevant, valid, and powerful. And so I'm saying, the Bible says that God confirming their word with signs, wonders, and uh, 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 miracles following. In Hebrews chapter 2, it talks about how God himself, verse 4 and verse 5, God himself bearing them witness with accompanying signs, wonders, and miracles. The miracles, as I was teaching the other time, dunamis. Dunamis is inherent power. Power that is inherent in something. So dunamis, when you show up, it came with you. The power inherent in something. So God himself, so when a man of God tends to be doing something very powerful is because of his exposure to the Holy Spirit. And, oh, I like this one. I like this one. The word in his mouth, the true word in his mouth, which God confirms. God does not confirm anything but his word. Did you get something at all? I want you to do me a favor. I want you to lift up your right hand and begin to thank God and pray that God, my faith is growing. It takes your faith to cross. It will take your faith to cross. You want to pray and say that, God, I choose to walk by faith. I choose to give myself to what will grow my faith. I choose to stay away from what to to pull down my faith. I choose to expose myself to what will grow my faith. I choose to expose myself to what grows my faith. Lord, I am ready to obey you. I'm ready to go to the next level with you in my walk of faith. I'm ready to walk in faith. I'm ready to walk by faith. Lord, help my faith. Lord, help my faith. Somebody pray that Lord, I want to walk by faith. I choose to walk by faith. I choose to put my faith. If you are not saved, you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, Yes, Lord, Pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in Him, all my hope in Him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I'll serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.